Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, indeed. Great to have your company just after one o'clock NRL match day. We're here until three and there will be opportunities for you to have a chat on the open line if you want to. The number, just reminding you, is one three hundred oh one. 1170. Or send through your text. Sharkies fans, how are you feeling this morning after that brain snap last night? 0457 736 736. Equally, Manly fans, okay? You didn't beat Melbourne, but you gave them a bit of a shock, didn't you? And uh, a, a text here from Statsy from Freshwater. I'll get through that uh, to that in a moment. Statsy, it's a good text too. So I will get uh, to that very, very shortly. Right now, though, time for this. Okay, an injury wrap of uh, those that have, uh, well, come a cropper over the last uh, couple of days or so. Manly sweating on the fitness of uh, prop Taniela Paseka. He went off with a leg injury in the second half of that loss last night to Melbourne Storm. Um, It didn't look too good, and uh, I think it's a syndesmosis injury. So that could be about a month, maybe, uh, depending on the severity of that. So we'll keep a watch on that. Also in that match last night, Ryan Pappenhausen. uh, We know he's been out for a long time with head injuries. Um, He suffered a knee injury, uh, but he has been cleared of any serious knee uh, problem there. So um, he should be right to go for next week. Fingers crossed for Ryan Pappenhausen. St. George Illawarra, they lost uh, Cody Ramsey, didn't they, in the first 40 seconds of Friday's match with Canberra. Uh, he clashed heads with uh, teammate, wasn't it, Andrew McCulloch. So he'll have to pass uh, HIA protocols ahead of their next match. Who are they playing? Panthers, aren't they, the Dragons? So we'll keep a watch on that. Newcastle, well, they're well in the hunt for a top eight berth now, um, but uh, they uh, good news for them. Bradman Best has only just come back from injury. Uh, he's been cleared of any serious injury following uh, the Knights' win over the uh, Broncos. Um, and Heimel Hunt also in that match. Um, he went off uh, concussed, didn't he, in the opening half of Thursday night's win over the Broncos. Uh, a head clash with uh, Keenan Palacia. So uh, a watch on Heimel Hunt. He'll have to pass all HAA protocols. Now, Parramatta, this is probably the big one. Reed Marnie, a devastating blow for him. I don't know if it's season ending, but it could well be that shoulder injury. He was out for a number of weeks with that. Missed Origin too because of it. Um, but he fell awkwardly uh, tackling Latrell Mitchell in the Eels' heavy loss to South Sydney. So not looking too good for Reed Marnie, um, a man that will probably know a whole lot more than me, is Scott Bailey from AAP, uh, one of the uh, the best in the business, rugby league writers. And Scott is uh, kind enough to uh, join us on NRL Match Day. Good afternoon, Scott. G'day, Chris. How you doing? Mate, I'm well. Um, thanks for your time, buddy. What's the latest on Reed Marnie? Yeah, I think we'll we'll see a decision today from the Eels on how they go about this one. Um, given they're up in the hub, there's a bit of a delay in sort of well, not just the, the determination of exactly the, what the injury is, but also how they treat it because they're chief medical officers down here. So uh, I think they had the results of scans back last night. They were reasonably tight-lipped, but I think they wanted to get you know a proper look at it from their chief medical officer before they 
uh, made the final decision. But yeah, it doesn't look good. I think we could all see that on on, fr- on Friday night. That didn't look good for Reed. You don't often see a player break down in tears, do you? I mean, with the the game under such a microscope, there's cameras everywhere, and and these boys, you know, um, they they try and be as brave as they can. Nothing wrong with crying, mind you. Oh, I don't hmm. mind having to, having to cry now and then, but you don't often see it. So he was. Uh, visibly, visibly upset. So I guess we just keep our fingers crossed for Reed. Uh, Reed aside, Parramatta, Scotty, um, things not looking good for them in the back back end of the season. No, they don't. They, you know, this is this has been their Achilles heel for four or five years now. This time of the year, they they struggle to put away good teams uh, when it matters most. I think the stat is since 2017, they're four and 14 against top eight teams late in the year. So you know, this is nothing new. Um, it, it did look like they were a more composed team through the first half of this year. I thought they turned a bit of a corner, but again, when it when it matters, they just, you know, they're they're forcing errors. You know, uh, oh, sorry, they're creating errors as they're close to the line. They're not getting the ball down. They're, you know, there's been question marks over where there's enough variety in their attack out their own end. It's just yet yeah, it's, it's all looking a bit glum for them. And the run home is it's pretty ugly, if we're being honest. I think they've got is it Canberra next week, but after that, then it's oh sorry, Manly next week. But I think they've got Canberra plus. Um, you know, three top four sides. Yeah, no, it's as bad as you get. It's as bad. You got Manly, Manly next week, then the Cows, then Storm, then Panthers. Cowboys, sorry, yep. Yeah, Storm, yeah. then Panthers. All yeah. right, so it's going to be a difficult run for Parramatta, and uh, it's unlikely for them uh, now. I would think to finish in the uh, in the top four. Um, mm, other mm. rugby league on the Queensland hub. I was just talking uh, to David Riccio there. I don't know if you heard about that, but really nice story um, mm. about Royce Hunt from Cronulla and doing that that dash yeah. to see the birth of his first child. Didn't quite get there in time and sat roadside and watched it all on on FaceTime. And there are a handful of players that have been breaking the Queensland bubble um, for family reasons. And I guess mm. you, you put it down to paternity leave, which was a bit unheard mm. of back in my day. But it's a whole different landscape. We know that. What's the latest with the Queensland bubble? That's all. Um, it's all gone now. Barriers down. Well, I mean, the lockdown is over. Yeah. The NRL is deciding now, now exactly what happens with uh, the clubs and uh, how how it all works out. Look, I'd be stunned if they don't stay in a bubble with pretty high restrictions. We, we've seen, um, you know, throughout this whole Delta outbreak all across Australia, really, that it's unpredictable. I mean, Dan Andrews was championing Donut Day one day and throwing his state into lockdown the next. So. Yeah. Last thing that I all need is uh, for players to be out in the community and then uh, get themselves caught up as a close contact. So my gut feel is that some of the harsher restrictions or mandates will lift, so they won't have to be tested for COVID every two or three days. Um, you know, that they'll be able to have their whole squad and support staff back at grounds because last week we saw, and even this week we've seen uh, instances where clubs haven't been able to have their reserves, you know, anyone outside their 18 or 19 mean squad at the ground they've been watching from the hotel. So I think all those things will return. Uh, there might be a bit more freedom around the hotel movement, but they, I think they'll still be under some form of, you know, pretty stringent bubble conditions. Yeah, and, and I think they should, you know. I think they almost need to bite the bullet and say, you know what, guys, bang, this is a decision regardless of anything. Let's just, let's stick it out and get this season done up there. Um, maybe that might be the way uh, to go and, and then obviously the other the other uh, the, the question the big question is where will the grand final be will it be Suncorp will it be MCG and I, I see this morning the NRL is investigating a possibility of even playing it in New Zealand what's your gut feeling on where the, the uh, decider will be I think Suncorp is still the favourite the New Zealand one's an interesting one because it's probably where they can um, 
have the most faith that at the last minute we're not going to see a game go from you know being a packed house to you know, an empty stadium because mm. New Zealand's track record of, of handling COVID has been so impressive of late. Uh, the challenge there would be getting an exemption to get the two teams and officials in without having to serve, serve two weeks in quarantine. I know mm. the Wallabies were able to do that, so that's a, a possibility, but I, I'd probably say that it's probably third favourite at the moment. I mean, the other option could be Perth if they could get the exemptions to go over there. I know the... WA Rugby League would, would love to have it there. But, again, mm. getting the exemption to get into WA is probably more difficult than getting it to get into New Zealand, if we're being honest. If you can get a crowd, right, and a full house at Suncorp or even close to a full house, well, in my opinion, it's a no-brainer. That's where it's played. But if we are not allowed to have fans in Suncorp, well, then I think you've got to explore other opportunities and, therefore, mm. it becomes an event that we can promote the game within Perth or pay back New Zealanders and, and, and you know, the Warriors, thank you for what you've done for the competition over the last couple of years. Um, but then it very much becomes a, a TV product anyway, which has got millions and millions of eyeballs on it. Um, Manly last night, Scotty, I know you would have watched, uh, would have watched that match with some interest. Um, they were pretty good. Although beaten against against Melbourne, they did show that they, they can match it with the big dogs and uh, should be a serious or be considered, I think, a serious title contender. Bear with me. There was a game, it was actually, I think this one, it was 13 years ago mm. today. I remember it, it was at Brookie and it was Manly v Melbourne and Melbourne won. Um, but I remember Manly after that game came away with the belief that they could win the premiership and they could beat Melbourne in a big match. I think from memory, Matt Orford just couldn't ice a few opportunities in that game. Anyway, you're going back, Scotty. You're expecting I'm going me back a to. Long way. You're expecting me to um, remember a match from 13 years ago. I remember the Battle of Brookie 10 years ago, but uh... <laughs> we're going a bit further back beyond that. But I do think there's a similar feeling after last night's game is what I'm getting at. Like, yes, mainly Tom Trebovich didn't get the, um, you know, didn't have the impact he has had of the past. Two or three months. He still set up two trials. Was still very good, yes, but yeah. you know, he still did, he wasn't the elite Tom Trebovich that we've seen. He was just a very, very, very good player. And there was probably uh, a very good made, reason for that because they had a plan because, to sort of to shut him down, and they did to a to a to a point. Absolutely, but I think a lot of that too came down to the fact that Manly's uh, you know discipline was pretty poor. They they only completed at sixty six percent from memory, was it sixty nine percent anyway in the sixties. So therefore, they were giving Melbourne a lot of good ball. Yep. And therefore, it was hard for Tom to get much room coming out of his own end because he was always working out from his own trial line quite often. So I think Manly would have walked away from last night going, you know, they have the ability to to beat Melbourne. It's just a matter of whether they can actually do it. And mm. I think that's, you know, there's not many sides you can say that because, no. uh, you know, let's be honest, it's probably Penrith, uh, Penrith, South, well, even South Sydney haven't taken to Melbourne. They played it's Penrith and Manly and Parramatta. Actually, to be fair, were really good against Melbourne earlier in the year, but they're a long way from that team at the moment. But there's there's not many that fall into that category. I reckon. No, you're right. You're right. And yeah, Parramatta, they're 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 a shadow of what they were. Um, mm. South Sydney, I think they got beaten fifty nil, didn't they, or, or something like that by Melbourne? Fifty nil. Yep. In their their last match up this season, but you're right. They are possibly a team that can match it. But Manly, yeah. Um, you're right. They made a few mistakes and they were made to pay. And Melbourne do that to you. So their lesson, mm-hmm. their takeaway from last night, uh, Manly fans, are you just cannot give this this team cheap cheap pill. They'll make you pay every time. Mm. But it was uh, really encouraging, I think. So I think Desi Hasler might just be walking away this morning thinking, you know what, 
we're not too far away from this mob. So we'll watch with interest and whether they finish in the top. While I've got you, let me read you this text. This is from Statsy from Freshwater. Uh, G'day, Chris. If Manly uh, cut back on their errors last night, they may well have knocked off Melbourne. The Storm did a pretty good job on Turbo, so it was a brave effort from Manly. Being a Manly fan, while Manly have a good chance of getting in the top four, I would rather finish fifth and not play Melbourne in the first week as I think whoever plays them will probably lose the following week as Melbourne can strangle the life out of a team. Statsy from Freshwater, and I think it's a good it's a good text as well. Um, a good point he makes. Would Manly rather finish fifth or fourth? I think if you're a team like Manly, you'd rather... This is just me. I, I think you'd rather finish fourth if you're Manly because I, I go... Okay, so it's going to take Tom Trebojevic to catch fire to beat Melbourne or Penrith. Yep. And Melbourne's going to be the finish first, but it's going to catch Tom Trebojevic to catch fire. If you come fourth, you lose to Melbourne, you play probably Parramatta Roosters in the second week, you, you, you beat them, you get a shot at Penrith. Um, yep. And you're going to back Tom Trebojevic to either have an unreal game in week one or week three of the finals, and that's yep. their best way through. I, I'm getting like a bit it. bored no, thinking about No, I like... I you like, what I'm saying? Like yes, you, I'm following you. you. Come fifth or sixth, you only really get one shot at Melbourne or Penrith before the grand final, and that's in week three. So you give them one week for Tom to catch fire, whereas if you come fourth, you get two cracks at it. You can either do it in week one against Melbourne or week three against Penrith. Let's assume Melbourne, Penrith for the top two and they win All through. Right. But you get what I'm saying. I yeah. get what you're saying. There you are, Statsy. There's an answer from um, from Scotty Bailey too. He wants them to finish fourth and then you get uh, Tommy gets at least uh, two uh, weeks opportunities to catch fire, so to speak. World Cup, Scotty. Uh, talking to Scotty Bailey, by the way, AAP uh, journo. World Cup. Where are we now with that? So it's been delayed by... 12 months it'll be in 2022 and i read yesterday or the day before that they are i quote considering the applications from new zealand and the kangaroos to be a part of that i think it's fair to say that australia and new zealand will be a part of that uh, provided <laughs> the arl commission and new zealand rugby league uh want to be a part of it and feel safe being a part of it look it's it's been a really interesting one there's going to be a challenge here for the global game and the international rugby league to, um, and more so the ARLC and NZRL to, to rebuild some relationships. Troy Grant, uh, admitted that as much as the night Troy Grant, of course, the, the chairman yeah. of the IRL now, um, there's definitely been damage done. Uh, the IRL and, and Troy Grant rugby league world cup officials and the English game that they came out swinging pretty hard at, uh, you know, Australia and New Zealand a few weeks ago when they made the decision to pull out. Um, even the other night uh, when the decision was made, the chairman of the World Cup labelled it a sombre day for the game. Uh, they're, they're certainly being, I shouldn't say critical, but they're certainly pinning the blame at NRL clubs who don't want to release their players um, to play in the World Cup. So there's a lot of relationship building to be done there. It, it'll be done. Australia and New Zealand will play at the 2022 World Cup. Um, but there's, you know, will Australia and New Zealand be able to play a test match this off-season if they want to? Well, that's going to be sanctioned by the IRL. Troy Grant indicated that he would not feel comfortable at this stage or wouldn't like to see them playing a test match because why should they be able to play in a test if they didn't want to go play in the World Cup? I mean, mm. Peter Volandis is pretty clear in his opinion because it's a welfare issue and... Um, well, yeah, if, if that test league. match, if that test match is here on home soil, well, there's your reason, um, International mm, exactly. Rugby League. The reason they don't want to go over there 
is because there's 30,000 being uh, cases of, of COVID each day. That That's the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think the, the International Rugby League might just want to step back a little bit and maybe consider smoking the peace pipe with the ARL and I the think, New Zealand Rugby League. I think the reality is, and we've seen this, you know, multitude of times in the last 18 or last 12 months in sport, is that where the UK are at and where the Northern Hemisphere are at is, is a very different place to where Australia is in terms of COVID. So, you know, for them at the moment, hospitalizations and deaths are what they're focused on. We're still focused on case numbers here. And mm. even if you go back to the summer just gone, or last summer with the Indian cricket team and the, and the Australian Open, a lot of it was, you know, they were perplexed at why they have been put into, bubble, into hard bubbles and quarantine because the case numbers weren't very large in the community compared to what a lot of those players were used to back home. So there's a real, you know, there's a clash of two very different ideologies and worlds about COVID going on. And that's not just in rugby league, but in a lot of sports, I think. Well, I think they'll see sense in the end because a World Cup without the Kangaroos and Kiwis, sorry, it's a, it's a Clayton's World Cup. Scotty, thanks for mm. jumping on the line, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. My pleasure, Chris. Have a great day. You too. There is Scotty Bailey, great fella, and uh, always uh, happy to jump on the line to talk all things rugby league. Uh, a journo from AAP. We're going to take a short break. Before I do, that uh, that uh, first game this afternoon, uh, not too far away, a 2 o'clock kickoff there at Seabus Super Stadium between Canterbury Bulldogs and the West Tigers. Team news for you. West Tigers are uh, per program, as per program, 1-17. to 17. Canterbury Bulldogs, just the one uh, shuffle for them. Uh, Dylan Napa will come into the starting pack and Ave Sum and Afangai who spoke with us last weekend or the weekend before he will start off the pine. You are listening to NRL Match Day with me Chris Warren. Up next the NRL Profits Guru.